On this episode of Progressive Palaver, the group talks to friend of the Palaver, Ken Fuller, about the musical box. Hi and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair and on this special episode of Progressive Palaver I'm joined by my very good friends Ken Gregory and Paul Zotter as we welcome in friend of the Palaver Ken Fuller to discuss his recent experience seeing The Musical Box. my friend you can't see me but i'm talking oh, thank you. Oh, i see you yes cheers yeah thank you for, <laughs> thank you for having me guys so so before we came on air um ken fuller was chastising the palaver for having brunch bourbon because it is <laughs> it is before noon on a saturday and we um we here at ken's apartment have had a lovely little brunch prepared by one Ken Gregory, and we had some libations to go with that. Because yeah. I guess, is this the first time? No, we were together in June for TMR, but we didn't right. palaver then. This is the first yeah. in-person palaver. Yeah. Post-COVID. I, post-COVID. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you do know what they say. You can't be drinking all day if you're not drinking in the morning. So <laughs> There you go. Have to get started. But anyway... We're all together because I'm in Philadelphia because Ken Gregory and I saw Genesis the past two nights. But before that, Ken Fuller went to the Keswick Theater to see the musical box. And we saw on the social medias last night that while we were seeing Genesis, uh, other friend of the palaver, Dave Kersner, was in New York City with the Lord Algies, also seeing the musical box on what I guess was billed as the last show of of their tour. So, you know, these two things are sort of intertwining. And Ken, we very much appreciate you agreeing to come on and share some of your experiences with seeing the musical box. And, you know, you did share with us um, after the show the the set list, which is is quite fascinating. So, um, but my understanding is there's even some some interesting post-COVID uh, implications for seeing shows these days. So maybe you can walk us through some of your experiences just getting into the venue, Ken. Before the gig, uh, I had two or three emails saying, you know, you will be uh, required to wear a mask, you will be uh, asked for proof of vaccination. So uh, when my friend Mike and I got there, there were a couple of heavies just instantly by the door uh, asking for your proof of vaccination. Mike had his on his phone, a photo on his phone. I took my actual uh, card. They were fine with both. Oh, good. They gave you a little ticket. Uh, you moved forward. You went through the metal detector as you would normally do. You went move forward again. That's when they checked your tickets for the actual gig. Uh, they took the little uh, ticket you got from the vaccination guys. And then they asked you, do you have a mask? Yes, to show you the mask, because if you didn't, they had them for sale. Um, we then went and had a beer. Uh, <laughs> but when we sat down, it was, you know, masks on, masks on, and everybody 
in the audience did. I mean, I was really impressed uh, right the way through the gig that uh, people uh, uh, were wearing masks. Uh, it, it nicely muffled the lady behind us who sang every song. <laughs> <laughs> Which was all right, because actually she was quite in tune, so it wasn't too bad. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was quite impressed by the whole uh, COVID thing. I had no problem with, with, with that, wearing a mask all the time, and I was impressed that, that nobody uh, complained or anything. They just did it, so that's great. Hmm. Ken and I had a, a completely different experience, certainly on Thursday night, um, which we can, you know, we can either put that here or save it for our experience. Um, but there was a, we were on the floor the for the first night, and there was a, we were on the end of our row, and on the row, the next row forward on the other side of the aisle was a woman, and we're going to assume it's her husband, it was a man-woman combination, and this woman just had a resting bitch face for the ages. And she kept, like, making, like, giving Ken and I the, the dirty look for some reason. And I couldn't quite figure out, you know, what her problem was. Like, I saw her looking over in our direction, and I, I kind of looked at her, and she just, she was, like, scowling. And I'm like, what's your deal? And it, at one point, because we got there relatively early, so before the show started, there was uh, there was an, an usher woman who decided she was going to, you know, enforce the mask mandate at the Wells Fargo Center. And this, so she told this woman to put on her mask because she was not wearing one. And the look that this woman gave the usher was even worse than the one she was giving us. And, you know, the, um, <laughs> so the usher kind of walks away and, and the woman's like really being slow about getting her mask out. The usher walks away and so the woman just kind of puts her mask back down, never even got it near her face. And probably 90 seconds, the usher shows back up and makes her put it oh, on. <laughs> and of course, as soon as the usher is gone, the mask is gone again and it never came back on. And, and no usher asked her to ever since then. But she was, uh, yeah, there was, because the Wells Fargo Center was not requiring hmm. Uh, vaccinations, but they did have, you know, a mask policy that just clearly no one gave a shit about. <laughs> I mean, uh, the venue sizes, I mean, grossly different. I mean, Keswick holds about 1,300 people. So there's 1,300 people. Uh, it wasn't quite full, but from what I could see, they were all wearing masks. I mean, what, what's the Wells hold? I've no idea, but like it's 20, significantly thousand, different. Uh, 25,000. Yeah. Yeah, sure, 20,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it is it is different, but you know this is this is life post COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And you know it, it I, we could have all sorts of conversations about that. But I'm I'm just I'm glad to hear that the Keswick at least accepted both the physical card as well as a picture because I didn't know what the what I was you know what was going to be the policy at the Wells Fargo if at all because I hadn't gotten an email by the time I left my house and I was. You know, I was just in time. I didn't have enough time to screw around. And it was about 10 minutes from my house when I realized I didn't bring my physical card. And I'm like, shit, hope I don't need it. Hopefully hopefully the picture will work. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's you know, it, it is what it is. It was just, it was interesting to sort of hear the experience. How long did all of this take, Ken, to get into the theater with all these different checkpoints? Oh, not very long. I mean, uh, the gig, there were two gigs on Saturday night. Because I, they were, I think they were rebooked from, uh, you know, pre or 
COVID times and they couldn't fit them in, so they had two gigs on the same night. Wow. One at 6.30, one at starting at 10. We were at the 6.30. And I would say we got there. You were at the early early bird, early bird special show? Yeah, yeah, we did. Actually, uh, it wasn't bad. Uh, I was, that's, what, that's the one I would prefer to go to. Yeah, Sorry. I enjoyed that. So we got there about 10 to 6. And, um, you know, there were people, some people milling around outside, but we went straight in. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, there's no hold up. Well, that's good. I mean, if, if you're going to have a policy like that, at least, um, you know, have, have the machinery in place to execute that without creating problems. I, I, I can remember, you know, back to post 9-11 when you know, all of the airport security got put into place. And you would go, and even to this day, different airports, you know, execute that differently. Hmm. DFW, for all of its faults, manages security clearance exceptionally well. Um, you know, other airports I've been to, I'll name Newark and Orlando, is hmm. the greatest, most egregious examples of how not to do it right. But, you wow. know, if... You know, like I said, it is what it is. And if you're going to do that, make sure that you don't, you know, make people's lives miserable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was a challenge. The gig finished about nine. So, I mean, they had this challenge of getting all the people out and then more people coming in for the 10 o'clock, 10, 10 o'clock in the evening show. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, to manage it. that's extra logistics right there. Serious, yeah. And I feel bad for the musicians or right. at least the singer. And an hour and a half break <laughs> and they got to start up and. Yeah. I think the guy who's singing, I mean, okay, we'll get to the set list a bit, but the last song, they finished with Supper's Ready. Yeah. So he's belting out Supper's Ready after two and a half hours of singing other songs. Wow. Which is crazy. And in an hour's time, he's starting again. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I love and, it. And then he's going to have to sing Supper's Ready two hours after that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, that's earning the, the pay. One quick question about the logistics. So, Ken, I've noticed in my recent concert going that all of the increased logistics around checking masks and COVID status and all of that vaccination status, it has had an uh, opposite effect on the policing of the recreational marijuana laws in Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> did you notice any of that happening uh, at, at the show? Just curious if that's a trend. I didn't notice any. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> or any smoking of any kind. Oh, okay. my. Well, that's that's probably good. I was in an outdoor uh, theater when, when that happened, so it was... Yeah, okay. That's... <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Well, well, for the Genesis floor experience, someone was getting floored, and, and they, were, they, they, they were doing it on a high budget. It seemed to be some, some very primo wafting through the floor of, of Thursday night, but but by Friday night when we went, everyone seemed to be uh, reserved, shall we say. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So, not to jump ahead, but Ken, was this set list a, um, was it sort of a reproduction of a previous actual Genesis tour? I was not sure if this was a, or if this was just a group of songs they put together. No, I don't think it was a reproduction at all, because the first half was Phil Collins' era up to A Trick of the Tail, okay. and the second half was Peter Gabriel era. Okay. Um, and, or as somebody else once said, Tony, it's all Tony Banks' era. But, yeah, I love it, yes. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, so I don't think, it was billed as a Genesis Extravaganza Volume 2. About three okay. years ago, I went to see 
what turned out to be volume one, and I don't recall, I don't have the set list of that. Uh, but it, it wasn't like the Lamb show they do or the Black show where they're reproducing a gig. Right. No, this was a collection of songs. Cool. And I think they was, uh, I think I read that they were stretching themselves a bit because they don't normally do Phil Collins era hmm. uh, songs. Um, there was no attempt this time to to uh, dress like them, or uh, uh, you know, there's no bat wings or um, okay. masks or anything like that this time. Um, uh, but the only difference I would say is for the uh, second half, the Peter Gabriel era, the guitarists were sitting down. They were oh, that wonderful. Standing, <laughs> so they were standing up for the first half. And sitting down for the second, that's, just like they yeah, That's great. Was, I thought it was neat. That is great. Yeah. Francois Gagnon. I, I will do my best to credit your, your, your guitarist, whether sitting or standing, was Francois Gagnon in the role of Steve Hackett. And your singer, who was able to produce for five hours on one night, was Dennis Gagné. Mm-hmm. And the, the drummer, again, Ken, I think you and I went to the same gig, but must be over three years ago. The drummer was that Antoine Barril. Yes. The, the one the one we've seen on YouTube that does the Genesis, one-man Genesis. Oh, indeed, yes. yes. He was wonderful. He, yeah, he. I, I didn't think he was a permanent member of the band, but he seems to be one. He was the drummer this time. Oh, he was. He's got it dead right. Okay. Cool. Now, now the the only deviation from Phil Collins, I would say, is that Antoine does not sing. Okay. Otherwise, he nails that stuff. That's fantastic. Yes. Yes, yes. All the drum fills and everything. I mean, they're all in my head from listening to uh, Seconds Now and all that stuff so many times. And it, it seems to me he's got it exactly the same. Hmm. Oh, wonderful. I, I'm sitting here looking at the set list. And so this, this first section, the, the Phil Collins section... 11th Earl of Mar, Dance on a Volcano, Entangled, In That Quiet Earth, Robbery, Assault and Battery, and What Gorilla, and they're all, those three are slashed, so I guess it was some sort of a, a medley type thing. It was an thing. instrumental medley. Okay. Wow. Ripples and Los Endos. So the entire Phil Collins representation came from two two albums, which is, I, I, I'm just, I'm fascinated by that. I don't know what it means, other than those are two great albums, and that's, you know, where they wanted to start, but... It's a good start, absolutely. Yeah, it was a it was a really good start. Yes, I thought the say the instrumental medley was 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 interesting. I kept uh, expecting them to start singing, um, mm. but he, he never did. In fact, uh, the lead singer was playing the guitar during that during that, so it was an an extra lead guitar or rhythm guitar maybe. Um, but they do a wonderful job. Starting with Eleventh Earl of Mar is excellent. Yeah, no kidding. Mm, yeah, we, we could see that, see that in our head, I'm sure. Uh, and uh, that was a great first half. That, that was for about an, an hour and ten minutes or so. Uh, the, that first half, it was it was, it was great stuff. And so I got to finish with Los Santos, right? Yeah, yeah. That oh. that that's a great way. Now, did they do a, a full intermission and like leave the yeah. stage? Okay. So that yeah, that's so a good way to about. Uh, they they were very timely. I mean, given that they have the second show at ten o'clock, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at six thirty they started. They said they would be back in ten minutes. They were back on after the intermission in ten minutes. And if you weren't in your seat, uh, too bad. Yeah, too wow. <laughs> so does this the the same singer handles both vocal parts? Then is that the way that works? Or yep, yeah, yes, he does. Uh, now I. 
if you've seen them before, um, Ken and I have, uh, you're kind of used to uh, him doing a kind of Pete Gabriel-esque uh, impersonation on the voice. Uh, he didn't really attempt to do that, Phil Collins as well. Okay. Uh, but it was, uh, it, it didn't matter. The music's great, so that was all, it was all good stuff. Apologies for this question, but I really I'd like to get the whole experience. So during the intermission, was this a typical progressive rock show, Ken, where the men's bathroom line was super long and there was really nothing for the for the ladies' rooms? <laughs> Have you been to the Keswick? Yeah. Oh my word! Yes, they they actually had ushers upstairs uh, lining lining the men up. <laughs> so that you'd snaked around that uh, lobby yeah, there, yeah. Uh, oh. and there were more than more than one uh, ladies at the other end were going woohoo, <laughs> 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 as they walked straight in, and all these guys, you know, just <laughs> oh, too perfect. So uh, yes, it's not quite adequate there, is it? <laughs> <laughs> The other um, thing I noticed about the place, I mean, I really like the Keswick, but the seats must be the most uncomfortable in the world. Uh, I think they're original seats. Serious, it seriously needs a coat of paint, the place. <laughs> and they were closed for 18 months. And they <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what was the ticket price while, while we're going to get to the nuts and bolts of it? They were still relatively affordable, I take it. I don't remember. I'd have mm. to look back on that one. I, see, uh, I seem to remember they're somewhere in the $30, $40 range. Nothing like yeah, the real I mean, Genesis. Keep talking and I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the, 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 the Keswick is a treasure. And, 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 and I, I surmise that they've got a wonderful operation going uh, just because they are in Montgomery County, PA, one of the most efficient counties in Pennsylvania and the United States, and uh, probably more efficient than Philadelphia. So uh, yeah, I, I, I would attribute local zoning and uh, efficiencies <laughs> to, to your experience there at the lovely Keswick. And it, 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 for, for, what, for whatever is lacking, um, we, we, we've talked to a previous guest on this about how they upgraded their uh, speaker stacks and whatnot. So the sound is actually very good. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. We were about a uh, third of the way from the front, uh, left-hand side, but the sound, uh, I've sat many places, the sound's pretty good at wherever you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gosh, the I tickets were forty-nine fifty. There you go. It's worth 50 it. bucks. Every penny. I have to, I hate to be like so distracted by logistics, but it just occurred to me, even like when you go for a show, like I always end up parking in, in front of somebody's poor hat, like somebody's like, and there's a neighborhood right behind. Residential neighborhood. Yeah. And, and I always end up parking in front of someone's house with like 50 other people. <laughs> and I always feel bad for those poor people that live in there. They're like, oh, another show at the Keswick. Now you have two shows back to back. Yeah. Like, okay, where do people that, park? That must have been crazy. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea. I'll tell you what was crazy was the bar opposite. Uh, yeah. Mark and I had the plan to go there after the show. Well, of course, there were still people in there pre-show. So uh, there, was, there was no chance. Yeah. No chance. Wow. Yeah, and as far as parking, I mean, you know, Ken was fine. It's those poor bastards going to the yeah, 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, which is even worse. Like every the whole neighborhood was probably the people driving around parking in front of their house at like ten o'clock at night. 
You make it through the, 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 the snake of the waiting line for intermission for men's restrooms, and you are then treated to an amazing, it looks like the Fountain of Samosis, yep, yep. Yep. Then uh, in stagnation from trespass. Mm. Beautiful, uh, beautiful. And they introduced the, uh, he called this next song a, a, a hidden gem on Foxtrot. And immediately he said that, I thought, I, said, I knew what it was. I said, this is Can Utility and the Coastliners. Mm -hmm. And indeed it was. Well, yes, best I, Mike Rutherfield ever. I think that yeah. is a hidden gem. It is. I totally agree. And I'm curious to know, like, how that how that particular, I mean, when I looked at the set list, that was the one that jumped out at me. I'm like, oh, I want to hear about that that one. Yes, it was, it, it was, it was perfect. <laughs> it was they did a great job. I don't know if I've heard them play that before. I'm not sure. But uh, it, it, even Genesis didn't play that live very much. Yeah. Uh, I don't think. But this was, uh, it, it, was it came off. Perfectly well. It was great. Oh, um, that's so I was singing along to that one. Yeah, that's great. Uh, then they went into Firth the Fifth. Oh, uh, I'm finally a Firth guy. I, sh I should reveal I, I was really hard on the Firth the Fifth, and I'm just completely. <laughs> I'm I'm in the fold. I, I drank the the Kool Aid. I drank the Firth. Nice, nice to have you on board finally, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> said something when we talked about that before about you know that that is the genesis song you know how can you not possibly not like that or something something like that yeah that, i mean that was really good and the keyboard player uh, i'm not a keyboard player it strikes me as quite a hard part especially when you're starting off with a solo uh, just on your own before the band come in mm. and uh he's really really good and he also plays the 12 string acoustic which they Used to do mm -hmm. Tony back used to in the days. So, yeah, uh, he's, he's multi-talented. Also, I mean, they all are. So Ian, yeah, Ian Benhamu. He was pictured on Dave Kersner's uh, social media cool. for that New York show. Absolutely. Yeah, and and that was I wanted to ask about that. So, I never seeing this band. My impression is they they try to be a, very exact. So they're switching acoustic and electric during during songs appropriately and. And through that, and then, yes. and so the, I guess it sounds like the keyboard player is doing the second guitar part, like "Supper's Ready" at the beginning. Or that's awesome. Yep, exactly so. Cool. Exactly so. Um, Sweet. Yes, and they didn't do the uh, much of the fake tuning up, like uh, <laughs> they, do, they try and represent uh, uh, like the Black Show or something. So yeah. Right. They, was, they, were, they played it pretty straight this time. Uh, good stuff. Then it was a cinema show. That's mm. an awesome song. Um, and into Isle of Plenty at the end, um, which is uh, interesting because I think the cinema show has this great climax at the end, and you're ready to you know, scream and shout and applaud, but it doesn't go like that because it kind of drifts slowly into Isle of Plenty, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, and what's the line goes, I don't belong here, said old Tessa out loud, and, and, and it kind of has a gentle ending. Hmm. And, and so instead, and that was the last number before the encore. So instead of a you know, big finish, it has a kind of gentle, slow uh, finish. But everybody by this standing up and applauding anyway. Um, oh yeah, uh, oh. they did it very well. And then okay, so they've been playing now for. Wait, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go, we go. Yes. Past Isle of Plenty, because I'm I'm fascinated by, you know, the 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 set list in terms of ending on that sort of, you know, soft note, but. 
even more important than that, and, and again, I mean, again, we're talking about Genesis fans, so I'm sure there is, but when we did that episode, or we did your lessons learned, Ken, I believe, you know, somewhere along the line, you had to sort of educate us on a lot of the, the sort of British cultural references in Isle of Plenty that just didn't resonate with us. So how does how does that translate to an American audience? I mean, is it just, it's it's a Genesis song that we know, so that's great, or were they like, I don't get this one? Like, Was there any impact there? No, I think it's, well, I think everybody, anybody that goes to the musical box uh, show already knows this stuff already. So you would hope. Just, just sing along. Um, <laughs> don't give it, don't worry about it. The only one in there that understands the cultural reference. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, you've got the, uh, what was it, Tess Cooperates. So you've got two there, you have Tesco, the supermarket, and Co-op, which yep. is a, a supermarket. And then there's another one, was it Thankful for Her Fine Fair Discount? Fine Fair is a supermarket. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where you get the Isle of Plenty, as if it's going down the aisles of a, of a yeah. supermarket. Yeah, indeed. Uh, but yeah, you, you they wouldn't mean anything here, would they? No, no. they really didn't. No. <laughs> but anyway, sorry for the distraction. Please continue on. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, uh, okay, you know, we're all. Uh, I uh, knew what was coming uh, with this. So uh, when they come on and do it, supper's ready as an encore. I mean, that is an awesome encore. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm always stunned, amazed when I'm listening and watching to that uh, apocalypse in 9-8 uh, and I'm, I don't know whether to watch the drummer, <laughs> listen to the key or watch the keyboards because they're doing one thing, the guys on the guitar strumming, uh, it, it, it's all happening in that, that, that part of the number uh, and it's just uh, wow, it seems so complicated to me as a non-musician and uh, I'm always totally in awe when they do that and they all come together at the end it's fantastic <laughs> uh, so that's not. a great uh, that was a great encore um, having seen Steve Hackett do that and at the end of that he has a very extended guitar solo much longer than the album I was kind of disappointed when because they finished like the album does which is you know a, a, a couple of repeats and it, it fades out and that's exactly what they did they fade out hmm. oh um, uh, but great you know overall great way to finish great uh, uh, great encore and uh, a really good gig really good gig Ken Fuller what is your opinion about the fade out your personal opinion I always think it finished too quickly I don't know whether <laughs> it was a case of oh no we're not going to be able to get any more on this side of an LP uh, so we, we, they have no choice. I've always loved it when, when Steve Hackett does the extended solo at the end. I mean, it's, it's good for at least another two minutes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, so I'd rather like that. But it mm. was it was just uh, mm. uh, really, uh, really good song. Really yeah. well done. I have never had the experience of seeing anyone perform Supper's Ready right. live, which makes me sad. So we were talking at the top of the episode, Ken, that, you know, Supper's Ready is here on the encore after the singer has to deliver this after singing for two hours. And for me, the the really big payoff is that very back end of Supper's Ready, 
from Apocalypse through the New Jerusalem part. And and for me, that's always been what sort of separated Phil's performance of that from Peter's. So how did, or how does the musical box singer manage that? Like, does it, is do you get that that big energy and that that sort of dig in grit from his delivery or was he kind of holding on for dear life? <laughs> uh, he, he, he does it the, the Peter Gabriel way if there is a, a okay a, a, you know the difference uh, but it uh, he, he's really belting it out. I half expected him uh, to go go up on a, a high wire at the end there but uh, when it goes into the, the Jerusalem bit, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I say he didn't have the he didn't have the mask or the bat wings or anything like that this time. Um, it was uh, that that piece always gives me goosebumps. Always, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter whether I listen to it on uh, the studio, you know, the studio album, on seconds out, or, or, or whatever. It, it's always mm-hmm. that piece. It's uh, that crescendo and that. Piece when you know, having seen him live, when he does go up in the air, that's just a, a, a great piece. So it, it was a really, I mean, not an awesome or encore. It was great, mm-hmm. really great. Yeah, I, I can't I'm imagine. surprised uh, uh, that you said that, uh, that you've never seen uh, anybody do stuff as ready live because you're telling me that Genesis didn't do that the other night. They did not. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm sad to say they they didn't. Um, and, and I've never, I've, I've never managed to coordinate my schedule with Steve Hackett. So. Uh-huh. Well, as the only man here in this conversation in a Steve Hackett shirt, <laughs> I'm going to plug his 2022 tour. Seconds Out was the hugely successful double album recorded on Genesis's 1977 concert tour, together with the Cinema Show, from their 1976 tour, and featured Steve Hackett on guitar alongside Mike Rutherford, Tony Banks, Phil Collins. We're taking on the role of vocalist. And so anyway, he is, Steve is recreating the Seconds Out album. And I have to say, that's a sublime version of Supper's Ready. It, it, it's the vortex where you don't have Pete, but you still have Steve. And, and I just love that particular version. That could be my seminal version of Supper's Ready. And to think that he's yeah. to think that he's going on tour with the entire seconds out set list plus encores and whatever tidbits Steve is known to throw in at the beginning of the show. I'm I'm looking forward to getting tickets for Steve. So wait, he's touring in twenty one and twenty two. Do we have dates on that? Oh, indeed. Oh, uh, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Tickets have been on sale for a while. I think. Uh, primarily in Europe and Canada to start out the year. Scottish right in April. Yes. Scottish right in April? Yep. yep. What day of the week is that? 7th and 8th. 7th and 8th. And 9th. 7th, 8th, and 9th of April. Yeah, Ken Fuller, did that register on your radar? Damn is, it, that's is, a weekend I have for kids. Uh, not this time because I'm either going to be south for the winter mm. or finally, I'm hoping I might be able to get over to see my children and grandchildren in the UK. I mean, I haven't Ooh, been wow. there for two years because yeah. of this yeah. rigid COVID. Incredible. Um, and a trip is way overdue. So, uh, ah, I, think I hope that guys, works for you. You guys want to go Thursday night, the 7th? I, I don't know if I'm, I think I'm away from my mom's birthday oh. that whole week. We are seriously conspiring here. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm in. 
Okay. All right. We've got a plan. We'll get tickets for the seventh. I'll make it work. Listen, you've got to tell me something. You've got to tell. Well, Paul didn't go either. I don't think. You've got to tell us something about the two shows. The gen- the real Genesis. Oh well, are we going to start another episode header? Yeah, we'll. We're, we're, um, we're going to make the audience tune in. We'll, we'll make yeah. the audience tune uh, okay. in. After this commercial break from our... Tune in next time. <laughs> well, yeah, so I think, I think at, at that point, Ken, we will, uh, we will officially close this episode. Um, certainly thank you for taking some time here on a Saturday morning to, to share your experience with the Musical Box. And it does fit in very nicely with, with the, the other um, concerts that, that Ken and I saw the last two nights. So... It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Glad to see that you are doing well and, um, you know, wishing you all the best for the rest of the year, my friend. Yeah, cheers, guys. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Excellent. Hang around for the next one. As always, we've enjoyed sharing the conversation with you, and we look forward to your thoughts, comments, feedback, and questions if you've seen Musical Box or Official Genesis. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We are at ProgPala on all of those, or search for Progressive Palaver. You're welcome to email us. Our email address is ProgPala, that's P-R-O-G-P-A-L-A, at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is available for subscription and download on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or presumably wherever you find your podcasts. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thanks for listening. impressed to be using technology about drinking bourbon and here we go joe yeah. do your intro it's perfect also that that ken fuller is in front of a giant clock reminding us how early we, it is that we're drinking That's <laughs> It's just right off the cuff. That's amazing to me. Wow. No script or anything.